Hi, I'm Dee Hicks, and welcome to the School of Leadership, leveraged lessons from high-impact leaders. For the past 30 years, I've researched the disciplines, habits, mental models, and assumptions of the most effective leaders. This podcast takes what I've learned from over 2,000 of these influencers and distills it into practical tools and tips you can use immediately. So let's get started. Good morning. Well, it's morning in my neck of the woods. I'm not sure if it is in yours. So let me, first of all, give you some setting. I'm actually standing out in my garage recording this podcast on a new uh, blue Yeti microphone designed specifically for uh, podcasts, Uh, but it is extremely sensitive. So I've turned all the gain down and the volume down, and uh, who knows, hopefully I can get rid of some of the background noise in post-production, but maybe not, so work with me on this, hey? I hope things are going well with you today. Um, The reason I'm in my garage is because we're still in the state of Washington, which is where I live. We're still on the, uh, what do they call that? The shelter in place um, order from the the governor. I understand. I get it. Uh, I get that the uh, COVID virus is extremely um, contagious. And so um, I get what we're doing. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, flatten the curve and turn the curve around shortly. So if you listen to this at some point later, you'll know the answer. You are a person from the future because I'm actually recording this at the beginning of April. April Fool's Day, actually. What a funny day that is. I remember when I was a kid, uh, my mother used to love April Fool's Day. It was, I think it was her favorite um, favorite day of the year. Uh, it wasn't quite a holiday, but she sure treated it like one. Once, uh, I remember, she, she loved making breakfast for us. She'd get us all up nice and early, and that's why I get up so early to this very day. She'd bring us all in, put us around the big old farm table we had in the kitchen, and <clears throat> and she'd make us breakfast and uh, pancakes or French toast or some really cool breakfast. She was really good at that. She also was not a morning person, so it's interesting that she was able to make it through most of those. I remember one time she made a some sort of a flaming breakfast. I don't know what it was, something, a pineapple that had a bunch of stuff in the middle of it. She'd hollowed out and put in there, and then she made like French toast and was to scoop this flaming stuff out of the pineapple and put it in the middle of our French toast, I believe it was, and served flaming breakfast for these bunch of these kids sitting around the table early in the morning. Uh, Sadly, though, she uh, actually caught her morning robe uh, sleeve on fire in the process. Didn't get hurt at all, but I still remember it as one of the greatest, greatest moments of my day. But on April 1st, she used to also uh, have all kinds of fun. She, uh, she would make sandwiches for us for lunch when we would head off to school. And I remember that she would uh, lovingly put a cardboard uh, in the middle of our sandwiches on April 1st instead of meat. And, you know, some kid, like I'm in grade school, I go to school, I travel all the miles to school, sit down, I'm looking forward to my bologna sandwich or some high-end kind of highbrow sandwich for lunch and uh, also was super hungry. So I might get two or three bites into it before I realize that this is cardboard. Uh, it was April 1st. It never really occurred to us that it happened every year, April 1st, year after year after year. I picked up on that and still love April 1st, although I prayed, I played no practical jokes on anyone today. Ah, missed the opportunity. But here we are in the middle of, a, of, a, of an information-rich society right now and exaggerated a lot by what we're experiencing around the world with respect to the coronavirus. And as this passes, the, the propensity for having more and more information from, quote, experts, uh, unquote, will happen uh, continually because we're so connected. We have so much information. There's so many people around who want to tell us what we should be doing. Hopefully this podcast does not fall into that category for you. Hopefully I'm just going to suggest a thought process for you that might help you know 
a little bit more about uh, who to listen to. I, th I think of it like, uh, are you hearing voices? <laughs> we hear voices all over, everywhere, all the time. People telling us, start this, stop that. People telling us, this food's good for you, that food's bad for you. This is a superfood. This is not a superfood. This is the way you ought to get up at this time and go to bed at this time. You ought to do this and ought to do that. And those of us who are curious and learners tend to pay attention to that stuff. After a while, it can kind of wear you out. So these voices we have coming from every single angle can actually kind of wear us out. We can get to the place where it's a bit of information overload. Maybe you're there and maybe you're feeling that a little bit right now. And so let me invite you to slow your brain down just a little bit for the next five or six minutes while I talk with you. Slow your brain down. Take a deep breath. Relax a little bit. And let me tell you a story. A few years ago, I was invited to go on a vacation with friends and family. And so took time to do that. Drove across from western Washington out in the Puget Sound area where I live to eastern Washington. And then across the border into northern Idaho. And we stayed at a town called Coeur d'Alene. It's a beautiful resort town. And it uh, wasn't a resort town when I was growing up in, uh, in that area, but it, it became one over time. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. So we decided we would go there and stay for a vacation. And then as a part of that vacation, friends and family, my children in tow, all of us decided to go to a place called the Silverwood Theme Park across the border over into northern Idaho from Spokane. And in the Silverdale, or uh, excuse me, the Silverwood theme park, uh, there is this massive wood structure roller coaster. So uh, against my better judgment, I agreed to ride this, <laughs> this massive roller coaster in this far out in the middle of the woods kind of place. It was called, by the way, uh, if I remember correctly, the Timber Terror. <laughs> now, I don't normally have a, a fear of heights. I don't know what happened. Uh, I just didn't get that gene. I didn't get those connections in my brain. I can stand on top of a flagpole or something. One foot, close my eyes and not feel that feeling that others have described to me, that sense of being pulled over the edge. I can walk up to like the edge of a steep building or a cliff or something and look over the edge and not feel that weird thing that others have described. I, I, I'm not bothered by heights at all, except <laughs> something was different this time. I remember climbing the stairs with friends and family, a lot of stairs, all the way to the top of this high peak, <laughs> this massive wood structure and got to the top and everyone's chattering all the way up and having a good time and then the higher we go it the more the, the more intense it gets and others who have a fear of heights were noticing it right now and we got up to the top and uh, found my seat and uh, i was in the uh, in the second cart as i remember so there were two people maybe four i think there were two in each cart and uh, i was in the second cart so there were at least two people in front of me so we all sat down and kind of you can start to feel the adrenaline rush a little bit because we're sitting on a level area, but then right just a few feet right out in front of all the carts, the the you know the the uh, tracks just disappear. So you know how this works. So the brace dropped over us and everyone was you know given the basic warning you know don't breathe or something like that. And <laughs> and as the brace dropped, then everyone giggled and and I remember folks warned us and some people made a few short jokes that kind of thing. One person even yelled, "We're going to die!" <laughs> we all grinned a little bit as that roller coaster began to move. It kind of jerked forward slowly at first. That initial drop was pretty intense because we couldn't really see the drop until we moved forward and then all of a sudden it was there. To me, it seemed like we were falling instead of coasting. They should have called it a roller faller, not a roller coaster. And we slammed our way clear at the bottom of the curve and then slowed down in the G-forces where maybe it was one and a half, two Gs or something like that. And then we began our a slow ascent to the second rise. And I felt this odd sense of impending doom. 
I didn't like that ride at all. The fun was gone for me. <laughs> As we crested that second rise, all the fun evaporated. And I saw the track out before us as we start to crest that spiral, go down really steeply in front of him and then sort of spiral to the left. And it looked like it was going to be a 360 degree spiral out of sight. Then there were people who were screaming all around me. I was, I think I was silent except for maybe a few guttural noises as we went down and around this. Some people even started proclaiming that we we're all going to die again, like they actually believed it. Maybe they did. <laughs> Some people just made noise like me. Some people laughed maniacally. Some people were more experienced writers of this. I mean, there was a guy who had like a season ticket to this thing, and he just kept coming back and loving it and loving it. Hours later, as the ride ended, <laughs> well, it felt like hours anyway. It's probably four and a half minutes, but it was hours later, it seems to me. I was kind of struck by the wildly different proclamations from people who were all experiencing exactly the same thing. The perspectives were slightly different. Some were in the first car, some were in the last car. Some arrived first, and then a second later, they felt like they arrived. Their, their predictions, however, could not have been more different, even though we were all having almost exactly the same experience. And that experience stuck with me. Because in the highs and the lows of the timber terror roller coaster, I was kind of choosing which voices to listen to. I have an inner narrator voice like you do, and that inner narrator voice said something to me like, you choose this ride. You actually chose it, and you're going to choose it again. It's not pleasant, but it'll be over soon. My friend sitting beside me had another voice. This is awesome! The stranger in the car behind me had another voice. Laughter. I actually chose to listen to those voices. I could have listened to other voices. I could have listened to, we're going to die, this is horrible, and then the person crying. I could have listened to another voice that I had in my head, not that kind of voice, but another inner narrator. You're stupid for doing this. What were you thinking? You have such bad judgment. I could listen to that. And since then, I've become more careful about the voices and opinions that I listen to. While I'm certainly not immune to the fear tactics, that are around, that are employed by little people with big agendas, I'm careful to try not to let them occupy many of my thoughts. I don't want them to live rent-free in my head. Without turning off all of the voices and opinions around me, I'm careful to make sure I listen to those worth listening to. There are those who have nothing to gain personally that are worth listening to. They are the people who ignore the noise of life. They don't spread rumor and gossip or incomplete stories, acting like they know the whole story. These are the people who see opportunities where others see threat. Sadly, it seems to me, there aren't a lot of those voices around, especially in times of great turmoil. But when I find those voices, oh, I treasure them. By the way, I've never boarded a massive wood structure roller coaster since. <laughs> uh, I did, however, try out the Olympic bobsled run down in Park City, Utah. <laughs> wow, was that a big mistake. I don't know who I listened to on that one. Hey, have a great day. See you soon. Thanks for joining me in today's School of Leadership. This podcast is part of the Archimedes Experiment, leveraged wisdom from the world's most effective leaders. If you're interested in more, go to my website, dhicks.com. Remember, my first name has only one E. 
where you'll find more short and helpful podcast books and blog posts. If this was helpful, maybe even share it with some of your friends. Have a great day.